Father, we just uh, thank you for Steve. We are so blessed to have him amongst us. And uh, Lord, we are also aware that you're raising up this wonderful couple to move on from us in, uh, in these months ahead. Great plans ahead, Lord, for them. All that you prepared for them, Lord, down in Heathfield. But Lord, for now, we are just so blessed to know, Lord, that these guys are serving us in this church and Steve right now, serving us by bringing this word. Lord, we want to be open to you as we hear your word this morning. We pray for Steve, you would anoint him, give him confidence in you, that the word you've put in his heart, Lord, you will enable him to bring it forth. So we commit him to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Marcus. It's a hot day, isn't it? Oh, I'll need this. <laughs> so um, we weren't at MLG this week, um, but we've taken John's call really seriously, and uh, we've, we've bought a house down there, so <laughs> we're definitely going to be there next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great to hear that you've had a really blessed time. Um, so I wanted to... Um, share something that I believe God's um, given, given us um, this morning. Um, and the Bible talks about... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah? The Bible talks about um, preaching the full gospel message um, and the whole counsel uh, of God. Um, and that's really important. And the, 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 the passage that God gave me, which we're going to look at, is in 1 Timothy. Um, and as I was, I was, as I was looking at it... Um, I kind of thought, well, this isn't very uplifting and sort of encouraging and motivating. Uh, and God just reminded me that a lot of um, messages um, are not always intended to, to sort of motivate us and inspire us. Um, and it's important to keep a balance. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what we kind of see in the Bible is, is warning mm-hmm. as well. And I believe that that's kind of what um, God has laid upon my heart for today is, is kind of a warning. Um, Someone put it recently that we have to eat a balanced diet um, or an unbalanced diet is an unhealthy diet. Um, And the Bible also talks about people having itchy ears, doesn't it, I think, and wanting to hear the good stuff. And it's great to hear the good stuff, um, but there's also a a balance and and hearing um, other things that God wants to talk to us about. Um, Some people love to talk all about love and forget the repentance side of things or um, all prosperity um, and, and no hardship, um, which is what we do read in the Bible as well. Um, so, if I was to give a title to, um, to this this morning, it would be to teach no other doctrine and to hear no other doctrine. Um, and so really I think this is a call for us to, to get back on track. Um, if you maybe have felt that you have wandered off from, from the way at some point, if I could just sum up my, my near on 30 years now of Christian life, it is that I... I walk on a narrow path, and every now and then I just find myself wandering off of that path, um, and I feel that God very gently comes and just guides me back and says, Steve, this is the way you need to be going. Amen. And so this morning, I think, is a time for us to, to get back on track if you feel you've been wandering off. Um, if you feel that you know, it's the summer holidays, you've, you've lost some of the habits or routines that you were used to, um, now's a great time to be able to say, yeah, God, this is me back on track. Um, back into the word, back into the truth uh, of what God's speaking. Um, because I think today's topic and today's area of concern has a, a desire to, to pull us away um, from all that God wants to, uh, has in store for us and wants to talk to us about. So um, 1 Timothy 
chapter 1, and we're going to get into this word. God makes it nice and easy. He puts all of the T's together in the Bible. So it's Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Timothy, and Titus. And we're in 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 to 4, um, but we're really going to focus on 3 and 4. Um, but just to get the context, we'll, we'll start from the beginning. So we read, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Saviour, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. So these are our verses, and we're just going to walk very slowly through this morning. Um, Take this. I feel a bit more comfortable walking around sometimes. <laughs> so, um, so here we've got a letter from from Paul um, to Timothy. Um, I think um, that, that Timothy is this um, young guy, um, and he's writing to Timothy. Um, and in verse three, he says, "I urge you, when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus." So Ephesus, um, as a little bit of background, was a place that Paul had visited. You know, we know that Paul had travelled around a lot of the world, um, preaching the gospel, planting churches. And this was one of the places that he spent around three years. Paul spent about three years preaching the gospel, teaching good doctrine in Ephesus. Um, and after the three years had ended, Paul called all of the elders together. Um, and he wanted to talk to them because he was going to leave. Um, and we find this in Acts chapter 20. So if you want to keep a finger in, uh, in Timothy, because we will come back. Um, in Acts chapter 20, Paul calls the people of Ephesus together. Um, just very quickly, verse 17, just so you can see the full context. Um, it says, um, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And then we'll skip down to uh, verse 28. Um, you can read this later on. Paul says to the elders, he says, Therefore, in, in verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse or misleading things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. So here we see that, that Paul gathered the elders together in Ephesus, and it was a, a really sad time because they weren't going to see him again. Um, he was going to be moving on somewhere else. Um, and he said, he almost sort of prophesied, that when I go, people are going to come in and seek to destroy the foundations that I've laid. They're going to come in and seek to mislead you. It says, um, 
here that people will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away their disciples. And so Paul knew that this was going to happen. So back in Timothy, um, you see he had left Timothy um, here in Ephesus. It says in verse uh, 3, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus. So he's left Timothy with what I would say is quite a daunting task, a pretty big challenge, I think. Um, there's, there's the churches that are set up, um, and people are seeking to mislead. They're seeking to teach other doctrine. And I feel a bit sorry for Timothy at times. Um, it's quite a big, a big role, I think, to take on. And you get the feeling in, in this letter that Paul's trying to encourage him and, and stir him up. And he's saying, um, as I urged you, it's almost the, the, the sort of root word there is begged. He's sort of begging him, Timothy, I really need you to stay in Ephesus and do this work. Timothy's probably thinking, no, I can't do it. But Paul sees something different in Timothy. He sees that the Spirit of God is upon him. Whereas Timothy, I don't think he sees that. He's probably someone that's looking to run away in this time. That's why Paul is, is using this kind of language as, as urging and begging him to stay uh, in Ephesus. I don't know if you've ever had to um, take on a task that you just feel is, is out of your depth. It's too big a task and you feel like running away at times. Uh, and Timothy was quite a, a young man. We know that um, in this stage he was a young man. Um, and I, I can sort of relate to this in, in my office where I work. I, I manage um, a team of around eight people um, and all of them are older than me. Um, and, and at times I do feel, am I meant to be here? Is this the role that I'm meant to be doing? It, it kind of, you feel a bit out of your depth sometimes. Should I be managing all of these people that are older than me? But Paul saw something different in Timothy. Um, and he encourages him later on in uh, chapter 4. In chapter 4 of Timothy, 1 Timothy, verse 12, he says, Let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise your youthfulness. And that, I think, is true today when God says, don't let anyone despise the age that you are. This doesn't stop you from being involved in what God wants to use you for. Amen. And that is exactly true, I think, in, in many different things. Let no one despise your upbringing, you know, where you've come from. Let no one despise how tall you are. Let no one despise how funny you are or how clever you may think you are. Let no one despise if you've had Christian parents or not had Christian parents. None of these things disqualify us from being in the purposes of God. And I think this is a wonderful encouragement that Paul writes to Timothy. And it is an encouragement for us today to be built up by this word um, of, of Jesus Christ. So we read, as I urged you, back in uh, verse 3 of chapter 1, when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So this was not, um, this was not an isolated um, experience of Paul. He had travelled around lots of different places, um, and another place that he went to was Galatia. And he wrote a letter to the Galatians. Um, you can turn to this if you want to. It's in Galatians 1. I um, mean, he wrote to the Galatians. 
Um, And he said this in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or distort the gospel of Christ. Paul is writing to to the Galatians, to the churches here, and saying, I'm really amazed that you received this gospel, but yet others are coming in trying to distort the truth, and and you're believing them. They're being misled. And so this is not um, an isolated experience in Ephesus. It happened in Galatia. Galatia. Um, And I believe that it happens today, much like it did in the very beginning of the early church. It still happens today. I don't think we should be ignorant that... Um, and I talk of the, the worldwide global church um, when I mention the church, but I think also close at home as well, we need to be aware um, of other doctrine that can, uh, that can come in. Um, I think a good word is um, infiltrating, um, because, because infiltrating kind of means that you worm your way into somewhere. Um, you try and sneak in, and I think that's what Satan likes to do. He, he's kind of like a mouse that will, when your back is turned, scuttle across through the back door when you're not looking um, and kind of dress up as something else. It talks about um, Satan as an angel of light, I think, portraying himself. Um, and so these things maybe look on the face of it wonderful, but when you delve down, what do we find? I, had, um, I invited my uh, parents over for um, a Father's Day uh, lunch, a few, was it in June, I think, wasn't it, Father's Day? And I thought, I'll cook, I'll cook Dad burgers, because, you know, that's a good, a good meal that he'll like. But I decided to, to be a bit tricky and make a vegetarian burger uh, without telling him, okay? So um, I used um, a falafel, right, and I made this um, burger, fried it, so it looked pretty much like a burger, put it in a bun with some cheese, and, and served it up to them um, and said, what do you think? And Dad said, yeah, this is quite nice. Mum said, well, I'm not sure this is, this is real beef, Stephen. What have you used here? <laughs> and I managed to convince her that it was horse meat. <laughs> but um, the, the, sometimes what people seek to do is to disguise um, what is really going on and so this this beef burger wasn't a real beef burger but it looks like one it was disguised as one yet it wasn't um, and i think that um other doctrine can come in in a disguised way and we don't always recognize it um i was talking to a couple of of pastors um recently you, you won't know them um a couple that we we know elsewhere um and we were just talking about the, you know, the state of the world and the church, etc. And um, we started to get onto the topic of um, homosexuality and, and transgender and that kind of thing. Um, and I said, well, look guys, you, you, you as pastors have um, an opportunity every week to speak from, from the pulpit and declare some of the truths um, that we find in the Bible on this. And they said, oh, no, 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 Steve, we, we can't do that. I said, what do you mean you can't do that? They said, well, you see, in our church, if we started to say some of that kind of stuff, it would really you know, get some people's backs up. It, 
people would be offended by some of this stuff. I can tell you right now that there were some people that would be really angry if I started saying that kind of, that kind of stuff. And isn't that sad that we've come to the point of, of compromise or um, being scared to, to offend? Uh, I think that is some of the state of, of, of the church nowadays. Um, the gospel can cause, does cause offence. Now, someone, someone once said, um, if you take away the offence, you're left sitting on the fence. Yeah. And that's because if you take away the offence of the gospel, you, you can't choose either way. And you just leave someone in sort of limbo as to, uh, as to where the real truth is. Another way that I, um, I think that this other doctrine can kind of infiltrate and, and is infiltrating the church is, is through our songs. I don't know if you've ever kind of stopped and looked at some of the songs that are, are circulating. And if you actually stopped and looked and, and read some of the lyrics, you might think to yourself, well, is that in the Bible? And there's some, some songs that I've looked at and I've, I've kind of questioned whether the, the author even knows Jesus at all from some of the things that we read. And there's also a lot of great stuff out there as well. Um, and I was praying about this just a couple of months ago and um, I found a new group. Um, and I think we already sing a couple of their songs and they're called City Alight. Um, fantastic group. I really recommend them. Um, looked on their website and it's just really simple of... We want to write biblically rich lyrics yeah. and bless the church. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff out there as well. Um, so I do recommend uh, the City of Light. Um, there, is, there, is one, um, there is one guy that I think a quite a famous um, pastor somewhere of a, of a large church. And he talks about um, going, he, I think he wrote a book, and he, he talks about going off of the map. Um, and what, what he means by that is he's saying there are times that we need to move away from the Bible. Now, when we hear this kind of teaching, we straight away know this isn't right. Anything which says move away from the Bible, straight away alarm bells are ringing. Mm. This is not of God. Mm. Because, because the Bible, this word of God, is, is our, our plumb line. It's our, our measuring stick is what I like to think of it as. Um, and everything needs to come back and be filtered through the word of God. You know, the Pharisees became unstuck when they began to um, take the, the, the laws and the, the word of God and start adding their own laws and their own sub-laws. You know, paragraph 2, section B, etc., etc. Um, and it's a bit of a, a dodgy road um, when you start doing that. I think that... Um, there's a responsibility here uh, for all of us. Um, it's not just the, the songwriters of the day. It's not just um, the, the preachers or the pastors of the day. But every, each one of us, I believe, has a, a responsibility, whether that might be through, through sharing something you know, during a meeting um, or, or sharing a testimony. When we have um, conversations in house groups, um, or, or you're just talking to other believers. We all have a responsibility to make sure that we are um, speaking um, good doctrine, you know, the doctrine of the word. 
Uh, there's even times, I think, when we can remain silent, when we probably should speak out. Yeah. Uh, and by remaining silent, we kind of align ourselves with, with the other doctrine um, that is spoken at times. I remember a church that, um, that very gradually began to, to drift away from the, the word of God. And it was a very gradual drift. Um, but I watched as brick by brick that, that church eventually crumbled because its foundations were, were no longer there. Psalm 11 says, um, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So it's really important that we, we, we take a hold of this word of God and use it as our, our base for everything, really, in, in life. So, um, I urge you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Verse 4, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes. So here we have um, Paul saying, do not give heed to fables and endless genealogies. And this word to give heed means to uh, to listen and to accept or to hold your mind to attention. So what, what he's really commanding here is um, don't allow your mind to hear and give attention and give regard and respect to some of these fables or some of this other doctrine. So, so really, firstly, we had um, teach no other doctrine. And now he's saying hear no other doctrine or do not give regard to these things. And I think that it's important to emphasise the point of, of hearing no other doctrine because this is something that can happen quite um, unknowingly at times or unwittingly. You can, or we can sort of assume this kind of language and these, these doctrines. I was watching a film a few years ago um, which was the, the Noah film. You know, they, they, I think they made Noah um, and they kind of presented it, I think, as a, a biblical film, obviously based on the story and the account of Noah. And as I was watching the film, I started to think, oh, I didn't remember reading that in the Bible. And then something else comes, oh, I don't remember that in there either. And so I watched the film, and then I came back home, and straight away I, I went, opened up my Bible and, and pulled up Genesis, and, oh, no, it wasn't there. That was something extra that had been added on. Um, but these things are presented as the truth, aren't they? They're presented as, this is a biblical, accurate account. Um, and for many people, we would never have known if you hadn't have then gone back and, and checked the word of God. And these kind of things can just come into our minds because they're presented as, as fact. Uh, when it's down to us, I think, to, to come and check with the Bible. I think that's one of the most important things that we must do today is to with what we hear, go and check, is it in the Bible? Now even today, with the words that we're hearing today, with what I'm saying today, is it in the Bible? Yeah. You know, if it's not, then we disregard it. We, we, just, we don't allow it any room in our minds. Mm. So we've got fables here. Do not give heed to fables and uh, endless genealogies. Fables is like um, uh, a fairy tale, or a myth, or a legend. Um, or an old wives' tale as well is sort of like a similar account for that. Um, I thought I'd just do a quick, um, a quick quiz, if we can. 
um, to see if this sort of demonstrates my point or not. Um, I'm going to ask a few questions, um, which are all um, old wives' tales, okay? Um, I want you to, if you think it's true, I want you to put your hand up. If you think it's false, just keep it down, okay? And we'll see who's got the best, who's the best old wives' tale person. Um, <laughs> so here's the first one then. Uh, carrots help you see better in the dark. If you think it's true, put your hands up. If you think it's false, keep it down. So it's actually, it's actually true. Um, <laughs> according to Google, <laughs> according to Google, it is true. Um, I think it's a vitamin A or something. It does help you a little bit. So there was a few, only a few actually, that put their hands up for that one. So the second one. Um, Cows lie down when it's going to rain. Cows lie down when it's going to rain. Is that true or false? It's a bit more split, that one, isn't it? Um, it's true. That one is true, apparently. <laughs> Here's one that um, Anna and I are often arguing about. Um, if you go out with wet hair, you will catch a cold. Any, anyone for true on that one? Anna's definitely saying true. Only got four truths. It's actually false. It's actually false. <laughs> um, here's another one. Um, weeing on a jellyfish helps take away the sting. Yeah, on, yeah. On a sorry, on a, not on a jellyfish. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> So, on a jellyfish, sting makes a sting. Most people are saying true. Um, that is false. <laughs> it's got to be warm. <laughs> okay, finally, um, counting sheep helps you fall asleep. Is that true? Not got many for that, got about three or four. It, it's actually true. It's true. <laughs> so you can take up any, um, any disputes with uh, Google um, after this. <laughs> um, but I think that actually kind of demonstrated roughly the, the, the point that um, something can can come into our minds as, a, as a, a legend or a fable or an old wives tale, a fable, and we kind of assume it as, as truth. Um, but it's not always the case when we dig into maybe the, the medical or whatever side it might be. Um, I can imagine how the, the early church got together um, and, and had meetings, and I can imagine them getting together um, one evening and saying, oh, let's discuss that story of... Um, um, Jesus, after he's resurrected, when he has breakfast by the sea. You remember that story in John. Um, and then Titus says, yeah, yeah, let's discuss that. I remember that, that um, Peter got a whole load of fish. He caught um, a whole a bucket load of fish. I think there was 153 fish in that net he caught. And then Luke says, oh, no, 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 it was 152 fish. I'm sure it was 152. And Luke said, no, 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 it was 153, I'm really sure, because Peter said, and he counted each one out. Uh, and then Luke says, yeah, and then they came back onto the shore, didn't they? And, and there was Jesus, and he was cooking breakfast for them. He was, he was cooking bacon and eggs for them, wasn't he, on the seashore? 
And, and, then, and then Titus says, no, 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 it was fish. It was fish that he was cooking for breakfast. And Titus is like, no, no, fish for breakfast. Come on, surely it's bacon and eggs. <laughs> and we laugh um, at these kind of things. But I think this is how they, they kind of begin, almost like Chinese whispers. Um, and it's down to us to, to separate the fact and the fiction using uh, the word of God. Um, you know, I've been in lots of um, house groups and, and Bible studies over the years. Um, I'm sure you have as well. Um, and, and they're great. Bible studies are great. But, but how easily it is for a conversation to just kind of disappear down a rabbit hole. Um, yeah, as you've spent, like, you just think, oh, we've been spending 45 minutes trying to remember whether it was Elijah or Elisha who had bald hair, bald head. Um, or... <laughs> Or whether, um, you know, how many generations Ruth was from Jesus? Was it 26 or 27 generations? And then someone pipes up and says, yeah, and, and did King Arthur pull the sword from the stone in, in one, one Chronicles? Or was it, was it Second Chronicles? And then like, someone's like, no, no, that story's not even in the Bible. <laughs> These kind of things, uh, we kind of laugh about them, but I've actually seen them to an extent in practice. Um, because... These kind of things infiltrate our thoughts. Um, and, and fables lead us, I think, into um, confusion um, and then into doubt, eventually. Um, and I think that this is why the, the church struggles to believe uh, many things nowadays um, in the Bible. Uh, as an example, if we took the, the account of creation, uh, which we find in Genesis, uh, there's an account... Um, in Genesis of, of the creation uh, therefore anything else so if we take like, the, the Big Bang theory or um, evolution or anything else it's a fable because it's not in the word of God um, and that goes for the same things like uh, Noah or the virgin birth um, the crucifixion and the resurrection uh, if we take the resurrection um, the, the chief priests after um, Jesus was raised again. They went and they bribed the soldiers, didn't they? They paid them off and they said, um, I want you to create a story. Just pretend that you were asleep and that his disciples came and stole the body away while you were sleeping. And that kind of story still circulates to this day. And, and some people believe it um, as the truth. But yet we should know that this is a fable. This is something that we should um, give no respect and no regard to. Over the last um, three or four years, I've been, um, I had the sort of privilege, really, of leading a workplace um, Christian group um, in, in my office. And um, we had a whole load of, of people come from different denominations, um, literally you know, Methodists, Baptists, Anglicans, Pentecostals, Catholic, um, Evangelicals. It was a, a really wide spectrum which made for a real kind of electric mix, I think, at times. Um, and there was this one guy that started to come along, um, and he was a Catholic, and his name was Henry. Um, and the one rule that I insist upon um, was that we only use the Bible as our um, ultimate source um, of truth and as authority. Um, and that's the one rule, and then we, we just discussed the Bible. And um, Henry came, and he said, oh, this is going to be really good for me, because... Um, I don't read the Bible because my priest tells me that um, everything I need to know 
um, I can hear on a Sunday morning. And you see, I'm really excited to come and actually like, hold and see a Bible for myself. And so week by week, we went um, through and we studied different um, passages. Um, and, and Henry started saying, wow, this is, inc- this is amazing that these kind of things are in the Bible. I never knew this was in the Bible. Now, I always thought these things, um, this, this was the truth. But now I'm finding that now that was just a myth and a, and a fable. And, and he discovered the, the truth for himself just by opening the Bible um, and reading it. And it's a great joy to, to watch someone go on that journey. Um, of opening the Bible and really discovering it for themselves. So it says, Not give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes, rather than godly edification, which is in faith. And this godly edification um, is our target. Uh, The word of God um, is so rich uh, and is a brilliant source for building up um, one another in godly edification. Um, and I think that this morning we should be encouraged to, to um, really get to know the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible, go out and buy a Bible. Go out, come and ask me and I'll, I will get you a Bible. Um, and we should encourage one another to, to stand firm to the Word of God, despite what we see around us. Um, and to encourage one another to, to, to read it and to uphold it, to live it. Um, and not to give regard to other doctrine uh, that may seek to come in. So, um, shall we pray? Yeah, Father God, we do want to thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who, who came and, and um, was the word of God in, in flesh. We thank you for your your spoken word, this written word. And Lord, we want to um, almost establish a a relationship again with your word this morning. Lord, if if there have been times when we have drifted away from it, I I pray that we would um, ask for forgiveness and and come back on to your word and seek to to love you, Lord, and, and be willing and obedient to this word. Father, we pray for uh, the church as a whole, that there would be um, a stand against compromise, that there would be um, a boldness to to not be worried about causing an offence when we speak of you, that there would be a a boldness amongst the people, Lord, to speak the the full gospel message, to preach your words, Lord Jesus, to tell of that that saving grace that has come and, and completely transformed our lives. Father, we love you. Lord, we love your word. Lord, where would we be without your word? I have no idea where I would be without it. I thank you for it, Lord. I just pray that you would continue to inspire us through your word, Lord. Continue to talk to us, that we may have ears to hear you, Lord. That we may have the spirit within us, God, to, to really understand and to be taught of these scriptures. Lord God, we just give you glory. And thank you for your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.